sorry, that tickled me just the right way. That uh, now. Edging in my face now, motherfucker. Listen up, turn it up and rock it out. Legend in my spare time contains themes and subjects that may not be suitable for everyone listening. If you're easily offended, we suggest you get your podcast on elsewhere. Ladies and gentlemen, and uh, children of all ages, to your favorite podcast, Legend in My Spare Time, motherfucker. It's your host, your boy, live from the bottom of a Welsh mountain, it's Matt motherfucking Lees, and my guest this week, and every upcoming week until I'm able to purchase mixing board and recording equipment because he has a large heart and he's a beautiful man, all the way from Portland, Oregon, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. J.J. Hawkins. Welcome, sir. Hello, everybody. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing I'm doing all right sir. I'm doing all right. How are you, beautiful? <laughs> I'm doing okay. It's it's been a it's been a, a long strange week, but I've survived it. Yeah, and this folks uh, JJ literally peeled himself out of bed to record with me tonight. So we're getting Batman JJ and uh, might I say it's rather sexy. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I like to think of it as FM radio JJ. That's right. <laughs> hey folks, coming up next, we've got yeah, yeah, they get the point. And also this week, ladies and gentlemen, we have another special guest. This is a gentleman who uh, I've known of for a long time, but I've never actually spoken to. So it should make for good uh, for good podcasting entertainment. He gained my respect through being as almost as much of a nerd as I am. Uh, he collects toys and is as into toys as I am. And I also thought he was an American, but we'll get into that. Please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Richard Sharpo Sharp. Welcome, sir. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Oh, you're welcome, my friend. Now, just for the people out there, because you know they know they know my curmudgeon ass, and of JJ's beautiful ass. So, introduce yourself and your ass, and uh, how I may know of you, and what they may know about you. Well, a long time ago, I did a podcast myself, but no one listened to it, so that soon went down the toilet. But now you can find me on the website of Doom doing a show called Mint in Box, where I review toys. And I also do the odd article about other stuff as well. Very cool, like about Doctor Who and such. Oh yeah, I do know you're a TARDIS for the website of Doom as well. Oh, that's a clever title. You've just exposed that I've never actually seen it because I laughed at the title. <laughs> uh, and by the way, while we're at it, Sharpo, uh, go ahead and turn your mic up those last two notches. Okay, will do. 
Rock and roll. So yes, uh, Mint in Box on the website of Doom is a toy review, review show. And uh, essentially, I assumed that Sharpo was one of the friends that I had met through Misinformation Podcast, which is true. Um, I also assumed that he was one of Zach's friends, making him an American. I thought he was an Iowa boy. I expected to meet him when I <laughs> to Iowa one of the times. So then one day I'm just like, ah, you know what? I'm going to watch Mint in Box. I'm going to check this video out. And he started speaking in this accent that you guys have just heard, and my mind was fucking blown. <laughs> it was just one of those things, you know, we're Facebook friends, but we've never spoken, and I'd always just assumed he was an American. And then I heard him speak, and I was like, oh, he's British, or he's doing the greatest fake British accent I've ever heard. What is going on? So you blew my mind a little bit. Well, at least it's nice to know that someone watches them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said I watched once, to be fair. <laughs> And I want to thank JJ for coming on for the last episode I did. <laughs> no problem. No problem. I, I, I'm getting so, such love here today. It's, it's fun. It's no problem. <laughs> yeah, you are getting love, JJ. You know, uh, Sharpo is down one negative point this week, folks. If we were doing a spare time Olympics, he'd already be negative one because he confessed that he skips over the intro of Misinformation Podcast every week. Oh, man. Well, we... Sail me down the river, why don't you? <laughs> oh, I will. You sailed yourself down the river, sir. And for those of you who don't know, firstly, shame on you. Secondly, download Misinformation Podcast because their intro song is the Matt Lee's band with Hostile You. And apparently that's not good enough for a Sharpo. Well, I would like to point out that I would like to be plus one as I was saying that I was singing it when I woke up this afternoon. JJ, oh, man. You are, JJ, you are always plus one, baby. Sweet. And if I had the ability to edit this thing that would take me six months and had prepared questions, I would totally throw an impromptu spare time Olympics that you can yeah. <laughs> Cool. But we did, we, I did it once where I made up the questions on the spot and that never got to air. And for me to never put it to air, it must have been shit. Oh, wow. Yeah, hey, what's that supposed to mean? I didn't like your tone there, JJ. No, that it just I, it seemed like you seemed to pull it together so well. I would be surprised that one came out that poorly. That's all. Uh, that's okay. I was just kidding anyway. And I, I, I apologize for getting mad at you, JJ. Plus two. <laughs> Sharpo, negative two. <laughs> oh, and uh, speaking really of... Ne- make up ground. Yeah, you do. You better like get on your knee. I mean, get on your knees. What? No, never mind. Well, Sharpo, uh, I, I, I listen to uh, enough Legend of My Spare Time that I know that actually, although I might have more points right now, you're probably in the lead because that means I have to give some speech, which I'll never do right. <laughs> that's true because the secret is nobody does the speech right and that's the point because nobody nobody's ever gotten the speech correct oh i think oliver did once mr oliver little of london yeah because he talked about the queen and how he did it for the queen and how proud he was and i couldn't really give him a, a loss for that because he'd already threatened to kill me for blaspheming the queen yeah so nobody wants oliver to kill him yeah i mean he's he's a big angry man who now has an imdb entry so do I. You do? I do. You're my hero. I didn't know See, that. Yeah, I, I have a very small one. It's because uh, Ian and I, Ian Cook, our, our mutual friend Ian Cook, um, got one for a film we did with a friend called uh, Imaginary Friends. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And he, he entered us in on uh, IMDb. So that's my only entry on IMDb. But I am there. Nice. So from now on, you are JJ IMDb entry Hawkins. <laughs> yeah, because I had to change it because for some reason it went in. My IMDb entry was uh, Big J, Little J, and I had to fix it to Big J, Big J. Of course you did. Good for you. Good for you, JJ. Now, um, I would like to uh, discuss a little something that I did tonight. And uh, speaking of negative points and fail, I went uh, to a local wrestling show tonight. That should be full of win. 
should be full of one. Now, let me give you the positives because that's how you like to do these things. Positives. Uh, this, the theater they were in, 350 people. Okay. There were maybe 10 empty seats. Okay. So it was packed. Uh, the lighting system, they had a great light. Whoever the light guy was was doing a good job. When they pulled the curtains back, the ring looked great. And then the show started. Now, constant listeners of Legend of My Spare Time will be aware that I worked with PWACanada.com when I was still in Canada. I was their ring announcer. Sometimes I was a referee. Sometimes I was a sound guy. Here's a tip. If you're out there and you have a microphone and you're in a theater announcing to people with a microphone, if you yell into said microphone, it is not necessary to put that microphone closer to your mouth when you yell. No. The mic's going to pick it up. So what you do, if you're going to yell, you pull like rock, like the rock used to do, and you pull it away from your mouth when you yell. Yeah, because if you don't pull it away, for one thing, it distorts it and nobody can understand what you're saying. Exactly. So I'm not kidding you. I do not know the name of any of these wrestlers. Oh. He would, he would scream their name and it would turn into... And his opponent... Terrible. <laughs> Then you get to the in-ring work, the actual in-between-the-bells, as they call it. And, okay, listen, I've said this before on this podcast. I realize that professional wrestling is a work. It is a predetermined dance, let's say. It's choreographed, let's say. But these guys weren't even trying, man. It was like a, pan- it was like a pantomime. It was so cheesy. The, the hits were weak. The punches looked terrible. I was embarrassed. That being said, this crowd was going crazy. This crowd was popping for everything, chanting, screaming, insane. And I was thinking, all I could think to myself was, man, I wish uh, Impact Eddie Osborne and the Hardcore Hit because they would blow this house down, literally, because they work in a hard-hitting fashion and a fast fashion, and you know they really give it to each other. These guys, it was weak. It was terrible. I was not, I was not impressed at all. I'm not even just trying to attack them because I'm not in the ring. I'm not in there getting smacked around, but... To be honest, neither are these guys. Do you guys know what a knife edge chop is? No. It's essentially when he throws the guy into the turnbuckle and backhands him across the chest. Okay. Essentially, in WWE, it's banned because it hurts. Because it's a, it's a mean, nasty move. These guys were doing it, and it was literally just like, you know when you, you, know, you, and you play around with your friends and you go, stop, and you just pretend to smack him? Yeah. That's, that's what it looked like. And I was just... <laughs> Come on, either do it or don't. I mean, I understand you don't actually want to hurt the guy, so then just don't do the move. Don't make the move. You're embarrassing me as a wrestling fan and as somebody who worked in wrestling, and you're embarrassing my friends who work in wrestling because it looked terrible. Little kids around me were going, that doesn't look real. Yeah. yeah and that's not, the, it's not supposed to go that way. Well, and that's the one thing I've always defended about wrestling is when people say the wrestling's fake. Uh, I've always pointed out the fact that you know it may be predetermined, but uh, but they're out there taking their chops. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then we get to they did an intermission, and uh, by the way, these people were doing it right. They had merchandise, they had foam fingers. Like somebody who's organizing this event knows their shit and knows their way around this business. The problem is the wrestlers are just not even trying. It looks like, you know, um, then they bring out the Welsh heavyweight champion who I'm not going to name him here just in case they ever listen and decide to kill me. <laughs> but he did, he did something that I thought was really clever. He got into the ring, he took a mic and he gave a promo, which is essentially he talks about what he's going to do to his opponent, how he hates the town he's in, blah, blah, blah. But the really smart thing he did was during that promo, he said his own name at least five times. Okay. So, of course, the audience immediately learns his name. Yeah. 
So be like, I'm Matt Lees, and I'm here to tell you that I can't believe that the Welsh champion Matt Lees has to wrestle here. So I knew his name, and uh, the match started. He was, he was wrestling a guy that was way, way bigger than him. And then at one point, his opponent went to throw him out of the ring. And usually, the guys fly out of the ring and roll onto the floor. No, not this guy, not the champion. He decided to grab the second rope, put his hand on the canvas, and roll to the ground like an old man getting in the bath. Oh. <laughs> and I kid you not, that was the moment where I stood up and left. Yeah, no, you should so have. Like that's enough. It was. I was. I mean, I don't know. I was embarrassed. Got to be honest. As somebody who's been in the ring, maybe not as a wrestler, but I've seen some of my friends. <laughs> get hurt for the art for the sake of the match hey man why did you take that hit so hard well i just wanted it to look good for the fans and my guys used to wrestle in front of 20 people sometimes but they worked a lot harder than these guys did it was just i was ashamed and i i probably won't return to this this promotion and i probably won't go to wrestling locally again which is a shame and is the last thing they want as a promotion to turn somebody away permanently yeah no i've, I've that, taken harder hits than that in a in a fucking play yeah, I've taken harder hits than that on stage or had too much to drink. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like when Jay Walsh of the Matt Lee's band has decided to poke me with his guitar for fun. Yeah. You know, it was just, and I mean, that being said, they don't need me because there were 349 other people screaming their heads off. Yeah, stupid Welsh so, people. Yeah, stupid Welsh people, indeed. I'm not even offended by that. Well, I'm so, not saying that all Welsh people are stupid. I'm just saying that that 320 group of Welsh people were stupid. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, maybe it's time to realize I wasn't their target audience. You know, I'm not the guy they were going after. So but as stupid. somebody who – I'm a pretty big wrestling fan, and I, I think I, I pride myself in knowing a lot about the actual inner workings of the business. This show was terrible. That's, that's a pity. Yeah, I was disappointed. I was really excited. My, you know, I was really pumped to see these guys work and then to essentially slowly work my way into the company so that I could be their ring announcer like I did with PWA. Right. But I don't even want to. I was just like, I'm done. This is no good. I don't even want to get involved. Not to say they'd have me. I don't want to sound egotistical enough to think that I could just be like, I'm Matt Lees and I'm your ring announcer now. Although that is what I did to PWA and Impact Eddie Osborne. <laughs> well, but I'm... I knew, he w but you know, I'm part of that because those guys made me want to be part of it. These guys, not at all. It was, I was a real shame. I must say. But you could just also... bitch slap the MC and say you have no mic skills and take it away. Yeah, if I would have been with, I was by myself. If I would have been with anybody else, I would have yelled out, Tim, Mike, out of your mouth. <laughs> but, oh, dude, oh, I'm so disappointed. I don't know. I'm just so bummed out. I was so bummed when I left. Yeah, that was, was my kind of feeling whenever I went to a British, Amer uh, British wrestling show. Because while they did all the theatrics and whatnot, when it came to the wrestling, they weren't that good. No, they, this was maybe it's some of the same guys because a lot of these guys were English, so it wasn't just local guys. It was obviously like a traveling troupe. Oh, it was weak. Yeah, they always advertise real British wrestling. Yeah, this is why we don't have our own equivalent of the WWE because our guys suck. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I, I mean, some of the guys in PWA aren't great, but they go out there and they hit hard and they take hard hits and they make you think, they're out there kicking each other's asses. I mean, when you have kids that are eight or nine years old saying to their dads, this isn't real. That's the worst thing you can do for wrestling. You're ruining the illusion. And that's why you're there is to make this illusion and to make these people believe that you're actually fighting for something. If you're not going to work hard enough to create the illusion, then why are we even here? Yeah. yeah. Why did you go to the trouble to type? The show. 
Exactly. Why did you go to the trouble to paint your name on your tuts and to get fancy boots made and to pick your entrance theme and to have the lights guy and the announcer and all the music? Why did you go to all that trouble if you're just going to get in there and half asset? I mean, I was so bummed. I just wish that I would have been with Impact Eddie Osborne and the hardcore hick because I think they would have tried to get in the ring and be like, that's not how you wrestle. This is how you wrestle. <laughs> they probably would have kicked somebody's ass. Boyos. Yeah, I think they actually probably would have started. come down here to the valleys thinking you yes, can right. teach us how to wrestle. <laughs> terrible, terrible Welsh accent, by the way, Sharpo. Yeah, it went a bit. <laughs> yeah. In, uh, you, started, you, you started well, and it just got worse. But uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the hardcore Hick and Eddie Osborne wouldn't have started a fight with each other in the aisle, like in their seats. Just like, let's show them how to do it. Eddie, throw me through the chairs. Throw me through the chairs. Okay. Crunch. <laughs> But uh, what can you do? Maybe it just wasn't for me, and maybe I should just leave it and not bitch about it any longer. You'll always have WWE. Yeah, but even that sometimes. Anyway, let's just drop this wrestling thing. Good Lord. <laughs> so disappointed. Uh, could be worse. Could be TNA. Oosh. Hey, boosh. Well done, Sharpo. Which, uh, that being said, this past Sunday, Hulk Hogan wrestled. Wow. Again? Yeah, he did. Against Sting. Both guys in their 50s, at least at the earliest. Oh, Although I would say I would definitely watch Hulk Hogan wrestle if he would do because you know now he's doing that television show with the uh, the dwarf <laughs> wrestlers. But I mean, how awesome would it be if uh, you know, like you're doing a match and uh, and Hulk Hogan is like you're doing that thing where he's pinned and you know you think he's not going to make it out, and so like as he's trying to flail and get, get you know and get his get his air back or whatever, a horde of dwarves just come out of the aisles and attack Sting. <laughs> I would watch that. Yeah, you and me both, JJ. Although he did do the Hulk up thing on Sunday, but he's a little fatter, he's a little slower, he's a little weaker, and it just looked. That was embarrassing, too. Well, every couple of weeks, he disappears from the show to have knee surgery. Yeah, every couple of weeks, he retires. He says, I love this business, brother, and I have to leave it. And then two weeks later, I'm back, brother, and he rips his shirt off. Come on. And I'm healed now. Yeah, I'm better now. I Look at me. My back doesn't hurt. Oh, yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> well, I mean, he, you know, like we were just saying, uh, these guys do, you know, they get thrown out of the rings. They hit tables. They fucking hurt yeah. themselves. And, uh, you know, my hat's off to him for, you know, even trying anymore. Yeah, but, I mean, he shouldn't be. It's like, well, when, no. it's like when you see a pro athlete playing after their sell-by date. Yes. I mean, Hulk Hogan knew way before the fans could tell that he was past it. I mean, an athlete is the first person to know, you know, and he should just, he should have gone out on top 15 years ago. Well, yeah, but, you know, it it's hard. I mean, it's it's not easy to all of a sudden be, you know, oh, God, brother, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Yeah, <laughs> oh, damn, brother, I got divorced and kids in jail. I need money, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here to wrestle the alimony, brother. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you know, oh, poor Hulk Hogan. You know, not not everybody can be lucky enough to drive into a tree when you're still beloved. Oh, JJ. Yeah, I went there. I did. <laughs> oh, that hurt my that hurt my feelings. Oh, JJ, I think I'm gonna cry. <laughs> well, well done, sir. Well done. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> no, no, no. You threw me off. You threw me for a loop there, man. I don't know where to go from there. Well done. <laughs> well, then we'll say, Sharpa, what have you been up to lately? We've been talking yeah. for weeks. What are you doing these days? Uh, I've been trying to get money together to build a proton pack for Halloween and for my Halloween mint and box special. 
and the whole project has fallen fallen on its arse today. Oh. Because as a lot of people know from Facebook and from Fred that I'm on the dole, I have no job, and today they told me that I would not be getting paid this week or the next. So why? I. Oh, what was the reason they give? I missed an opportunity to get employment while working on a work program. Okay. So they can just take that away from you anytime they want? Oh, yeah, and they'll do it <laughs> anytime they please. Wow, well, that's that sucks. So now remember, you don't get to build a... Go ahead. I remember a couple years back, I got into some trouble with the job centre over something, I forget what it was now, but six months later, at Christmas time, they decided to cut off my money for two months. Oh, God. Well, you know, Sharpo, I mean, I'm not saying for Halloween because I know you want to do something special, but at least if you wanted to do a Doom special, it's Doom. For Christ's sake, you can wear a, uh, you can get a piece of garden hose and a backpack and call it a proton pack and we're okay with it. <laughs> I just very wanted it to go with the costume because I would did go to some lengths to make the costume look better than the store-bought stuff. Right. So Yeah, that is a good-looking costume. It's in your Facebook picture, yeah? Yeah. yeah, yeah I it's like always that. next year. Yeah. And again, we're nerds. There's always any day of the week. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need – it's like JJ said. You don't need Halloween to dress up like a Ghostbuster. You're a nerd, sir. You embrace your nerd, <laughs> and you dress like a Ghostbuster any goddamn day you please. Yeah. Because you ain't afraid of no put, ghosts. Yeah. Sometimes I, I put it on just so I can. Hey, just walk don't around run. the house making tea. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Dude, when I was in Spain, I bought a wrestling mask. And don't you doubt that I rock that thing any fucking time I choose. Although, I, I, it's funny because I never think of, like, uh, luchadors in Spain. I think of luchadors in Mexico. Yeah, I know. And I said that to my dad. I told him, oh, I'm going to buy a wrestling mask in Spain, even though that's more of a Mexican thing. So then he kind of made fun of it. And then one souvenir store had one rack of wrestling masks. And I was just like, motherfucking boosh, wrestling mask, sold. Nice. And uh, it was my Facebook picture for a few days, which was, if you guys are my Facebook friend, you find the picture of me wearing the red and black wrestling mask. If you look over my shoulder to the right, there's a gentleman laughing his ass off. That's my dad. Nice. Who's mocking me for rocking a wrestling mask. And he's like, you're going to put it on? And I'm like, you goddamn right I am. Yeah. If I had a wrestling match on your, or a mask on your vacation, I probably would have come back with just like a suntan line around my mouth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what do you, what do you mean my suntan looks funny? You look funny. <laughs> kind of farmer's so's, tan on your face. Yeah, so's your face. And uh, my plan is um, uh, sometimes over here they do their, they show the WWE pay-per-views for free, some of them. Like if you have S Sky Sports, which is a, a subscription channel, um, the only one that has it is my uncle. So he is visiting his girlfriend. So I said, hey, can I tape wrestling at your house? And, of course, he says, of course you can, you loser. Hmm. And then I said, <laughs> um, what time do you plan to come back on Monday? I want to make sure I watch it when you're not home. Because he gave me one of the rules. He said, you can tape wrestling at my house anytime you want, but you cannot watch that shit when I'm home. <laughs> Fair enough, I guess, right? So right. I texted him and asked him, hey, when do you plan to be back? I want to watch wrestling when you're not home. And he said, why? Do you dress up or something? And I was like, <laughs> no, no comment, right? 
But now I plan to take my wrestling mask with me, and when I see him coming up the driveway to his house, I plan to strip down to my underwear and put on the wrestling mask and sit on the couch. <laughs> and when he walks in, I'm totally going to act like he surprised me and be like, what are you doing here? <laughs> you need a cape. The cape I know. <laughs> I just wish I had a cape. I'll put some, shoe- I'll put some shoelaces around my arms. You know, I just wish I had a cape, but I don't. Maybe just a bed sheet. <laughs> I'll go to one of the cheap pound stores and buy like a red. Uh, well, it's almost Halloween. I could probably buy a cape anywhere. Yeah. You and then just act, I'm going to act totally embarrassed and, you know, just uh, shocked that he came home early. <laughs> Don't look at me. Yeah, look away. I'm hideous. Um, but he's been kind of sick lately. He's been down, uh, down uh, under the weather. So I think that might cheer him up and give him a hysterical laugh and make yeah. me the mockery of the family for the next few years. <laughs> and that's worth it. It's definitely worth it. If only I could videotape it. If only I was comfortable enough with my body to let people see a picture of me in my underwear. <laughs> there was a um, a dude who uh, okay. There was a time where Elizabeth and I lived in an apartment complex. Uh, Elizabeth, my girlfriend, uh, we lived in an apartment complex that was out in the middle of nowhere, Oregon, and we hated it. And we were kind of just waiting to die, um, and uh, like you do sometimes. And like when you live at the bottom of a Welsh mountain with no friends. So exactly. And you just sort of, yeah. Cause so we spent a lot of our time, uh, our, uh, our parking lot to our apartment complex literally spilled into the apartment, com- or the, uh, excuse me, the parking lot of a mall. And so we spent way too many hours just to get out of the apartment, walking around this like, you know, down on its luck mall. And there's nothing worse than a mall. Like once the stores have started closing and everything, it's just, it was absolutely horrible and depressing, but it was the best we had. And, uh, but there was this, you know, other people walking around the mall waiting to die as well. But there was this one dude who every afternoon would walk around in uh, bedroom slippers, socks, a robe, a, 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 a mug with a happy face on it that he was drinking coffee out of and a luchador mask. Amazing. <laughs> and he would just like drink his afternoon coffee dressed up like that every day walking around the mall. That is amazing. That dude is all class. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. You know, I might actually do that right now for the end of the podcast, put on my luchador mask. <laughs> <laughs> but you're just kind of like, you are also j- defeated by life and waiting for something to happen, but you are making lemonade. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> when life when life gives you lemons, you say fuck lemonade and you bail and you move to Wales. There you go. <laughs> well, it depends on the support base. I've definitely had times in my life where things went wrong and I've I've driven to a different part of the country, uh, which yeah. is about the same as moving from Canada to Wales. <laughs> uh, I suppose so. You know, it's it's funny. I haven't. Uh, it hasn't really bothered me at all until tonight when the lights went down and the curtains open and I saw the ring with the lights because suddenly I felt like I was back at a PWA show. Right. And for the first few minutes, I totally had this feeling of loneliness. Aw. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a big awe moment. I understand. But it was just literally, I was just like, I miss my, I miss my wrestling friends. Yeah, exactly. Charpo, you're a cunt. I, I was like about it. to say, that was bitchy. That was even worse than my, uh, my Macho Man joke. <laughs> Do not speak of it. <laughs> that, was me playing me... The... that was me playing the world's tiniest violin. I, I could tell. Yeah, don't make me make a proton pack joke, Sharpo. <laughs> Someone actually offered to sell me one after I put that post up. Oh, yeah? Well, how much were they asking you for? They said made me an offer, and that really aggravates me, because if you've seen them on eBay, they run up to like $300. Oh, 
Yeah, I know uh, Zach. I almost said his last name. I know Zach from Misinformation was looking at some recently, and they were upwards of like sixteen hundred. Yeah, it's ridiculous how much they come up with. Yeah, so you should have offered him a pound. <laughs> offer I make one pound. I thought about covering the ship in it and then offering him a really low amount. <laughs> I, I, I just realized, though, this is sadness cast, man. You're talking about being lonely at wrestling. I just talked about like the, one of the lowest points in my life, and and Sharpo can't afford a proton pack. <laughs> it's true. So the title of this week's episode is Waiting to Die. Yes. <laughs> well, allow, allow me to lighten the mood then, because as a lot of people saw on my Facebook, it was my little sister's sixth birthday this week it's true we had a totally awesome birthday cake yeah a lot of people have commented about that cake and how awesome it is yeah now i will i do have to accuse you of one thing sharpo and that is trick photography okay (laughs) because the first picture i saw of that cake looked humongous and i was like jesus look at the size of that castle cake i then saw another picture later with it on a counter wasn't as big, so you tricked me. Well done, sir. It's, thing is, it's not trick for photography. We still have about half of it left. Well, I don't even like cake. Stick some in a box and send it to me. <laughs> that That's with giving it away to people we know as well. Right, there to guys walking so around the... There's so much left. That's yeah, the, guys, so... Offering, <laughs> offering cake to guys in the parking lot wearing door masks. <laughs> that's kind of the sad thing, though, between uh, you and me, Matt. The, because I work as a baker, the first thing I thought when I looked at that cake is, is that covered in marzipan? How'd they get that texture? <laughs> and I just thought, fuck me, that's a big cake. <laughs> and for those of you who aren't Facebook friends with any of us, you're thinking, great, now they're talking about a picture on Facebook. It was a very nice cake with My Little Ponies all over it. That's very true. Now, Sharpo, how was the how was the little sister's sixth birthday? Did she have a good time? She had a great time. She couldn't invite any of her friends over because it's a school holiday over here at the minute. Right. So mo- most of them, the ones she wanted to invite, have gone on holiday somewhere. So we, so we made up with the big bitching cake and lots of presents. Amazing. I really... I'm I'm envious of her. It's sad that I just said I'm envious of a six-year-old. But, uh, you know, the whimsical, magical experience of a birthday at that age is just so cool, man. Right. Now we're all, like, grumpy and, you know, one of us just woke up and one of us is disappointed by wrestling. The other one can't get a proton pack. It's not like that when you're six, you know. The whole world is at her feet and she probably had a fantastic day. When you're, not, when you're six, you're not waiting to die. No, you're just waiting, waiting to, to live. live. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then there's us. You know, I hope she never hears this podcast. Yeah. Enjoy your birthday, kid. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> Although I love birthdays. I absolutely adore birthdays. Yeah, who doesn't? But I mean, I don't know, I guess me, because I'm a miserable old bastard. Well, I, I uh, one of the things that, that changed everything for me is uh, is when I actually you know got out of my parents' house and started living with my girlfriend. And you know, I, I told my girlfriend, because my birthday is December 13th. And I told my girlfriend how, you know, my birthday was never a big deal when I was a kid because of it being so close to Christmas. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and so nobody ever, you know, kind of like Sharpo's uh, sister having a, you know, a birthday when everybody was away. Same thing with mine. It was too close to Christmas vacation. Nobody ever wanted to throw me a party. And, you know, there are years where, you know, my parents would hand me a birthday present that would, you know, have a tag on it to say, you know, uh, from Santa to JJ. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so my girlfriend, I, I told her that. And uh, she had, it never had occurred to her, you know, having a birthday that close to Christmas. And it just, it upset her to her core. And so she's always made sure, like, you know, ever since we've been together that, you know, my birthday is something separate from Christmas. You know, she doesn't, she never puts up a Christmas tree until after my birthday. And, you know, and so it's always, you know, it's become a bigger deal. And so I, I, I like birthdays. That's really cool. I love the idea. Of, I know I don't personally know the two of you, but I adore the idea of you guys as a couple. <laughs> Thank you. Like yeah, I really, I enjoy, yeah, go ahead. From what? JJ said and what I've heard from you two talking on the show, you guys have such a great relationship in that way that you get each other so uniquely. Yeah, exactly how I feel. Yeah, it's really, really, really cool that you found your Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> well, and it's also, I think it's kind of odd, because uh, and, and, I can definitely see how the whole high school sweethearts thing wouldn't work out for a lot of people. But, you know, because Elizabeth and I got together so young, that at this point, you know, we've been through so much together, and we kind of, it's almost like, in a weird way, we grew up together, but not in a creepy way. You know, but it's like, you know, so our lives have been so similar for so long now that, uh, you know, it's, it, it, I think it's, it's different than, like, a lot of people that are our age and dating. Yeah, and plus she keeps you on your toes. And that's always fun to listen yeah. to. <laughs> she she doesn't let you talk shit. That's true. Which is all which is my favorite part, you know? There's nothing better than hearing a friend that you respect and cherish on a podcast with a girlfriend and sometimes she lays him out a little bit and says, <laughs> No, no JJ and you're like, You're right. <laughs> you're Just right. You down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all it's great. It's really, really cool. Yeah, well she's awesome. And I didn't mean to talk about my girlfriend on your show, so no, that hey, I don't have a girlfriend to talk about, so that's cool, man. Let's well, talk it's about because yours. the last girl you dated apparently was a twat, and we didn't know it. Oh, exactly. I, who knows, huh? Yeah, she seemed lovely, a, lovely. She enough, seemed but. nice. Yeah, yeah. There was there's a great joke uh, on the uh, the Vince Vaughn Wild West comedy tour where he goes on tour with a few comedians. It's just a real short joke, but the guy uh, was basically saying like, "I had a girlfriend. It wasn't going to work out though, because I was young, full of life, and had dreams and." She was a fucking bitch. <laughs> and uh, I may be paraphrasing it incorrectly, but I, that joke always made me laugh. Well, unfortunately, you had one of those girlfriends that's kind of like a jawbreaker. You know, you have it for a while, and it's kind of sweet, and you put it, and you just sort of forget about it. You know, not necessarily forget about it, but, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, you, you, you're comfortable with the jawbreaker nature of it. And all of a sudden, you get through the candy coating, and it's a turd inside. <laughs> it's it's funny because I don't know if I mentioned this on the pod before, but I got a listener email from somebody, uh, or I think it was a Twitter actually. It said, uh, "Hey man, sorry to hear about the girlfriend, but she was way too hot for you anyway." <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, for an average man, that would be hurtful and that would upset somebody. But I just laughed because I was like, you know, it's true. Because if it seems too good to be true, ladies and gentlemen, it probably is. Aww. Best kind of relationship is the one where you're punching above your weight. That's right, buddy, because there was years of guys being like, yo, damn, that's your girlfriend? Shit, son, how'd you do that? And I'm like, I'm a musician. And they're like, oh, damn, I need to play me some guitar. 
<laughs> so I'm happy to know that you know I, I went I went there. I lived on a I lived on a beautiful desert island for a while, and uh, I don't know where the desert island uh, metaphor is going. So if somebody could bail me out of this, that'd be great. Uh, you were on a desert island, but now you're lost. <laughs> Boom! Well done, JJ. No problem. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Um, uh, yeah, that's it. That's that. <laughs> but you know, it, it, like you, like we said before, you know, I, you might be, uh, it might be odd for you right now to be in Wales. But it, it took. Uh, sometimes it takes. You know, you got to break out of your cocoon to change. You know, that's and right. now you're in Wales again to be a butterfly, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm gonna be a butterfly, JJ. If you, God damn it! Somebody tell me I'm beautiful. If you had stayed in Canada, you would have been nothing but a moth. I mean, we were you were listening to your dreams die one by one. That's true. Shaboom! What's that? Another dream. Shaboom! What's that? Another dream. Yeah. Um, but speaking of growing wings and coming out of the cocoon, I'm back into the music game. Nice. Uh, starting now, I don't know if I talked about this already either. Uh, starting next Friday, the 28th, I will be hosting an open stage at the Bush Inn. <laughs> yes, that's the name. Um, uh, and the, Upper Cumbran. Yeah, that's the pub we recorded at a couple weeks ago. That's correct, ladies. That's right. Folks at home will know of the Bush Inn. Uh, but starting next Friday night, the 28th, you can join me every Friday for an open stage. And uh, basically, I'm the host for the night. And uh, I will play at the beginning of the night and in between anybody else that wants to play. But it's really, really cool that I basically went into the owner and said, I'm a musician. And he said, oh, are you? Let me hear you play. He's heard me play, and now I'm hosting an open stage. So it was kind of a return to form. Made me feel good to have a few local musicians, you know, tell me that they enjoyed my stuff and they thought I was talented. Sometimes you need to hear that again, you know? Yeah. So it was cool to hear that from – because it's nice when, you know, your friends tell you or your coworkers say, hey, that's a cool song. But when you actually play with a few musicians, I've been going up on Monday nights to literally just a songwriter circle. So not even a show. There's nobody there watching, but we literally just sit around the fire. And we take turns playing songs for each other. Nice. And that, that's how I learned, like, that's how I learned a lot in Canada from a man named Paul McLeod, who's one of my biggest influences ever. Um, just an indie guy, you know, he's not, he, nobody, he's, nobody's heard of him over here, but I respected him so much and he inspired me so much that the first time he told me he liked my music, I almost cried, you know, just one of those things. Right. Um, so it was just really cool to sit with these fellow musicians and play some tunes and have them say, hey, I really like your stuff. And it kind of, regenerated me a little and reminded me, oh, yeah, I am a musician. I'm not just a miserable guy who's watching far too many episodes of Big Bang Theory in his bedroom. <laughs> you know, there is something more for me out there. I have a talent that I can offer people. And now, starting this week, every Friday, I'm going to be uh, showing that. That's good, because I have to say, when I when I had you on my show a couple, uh, like I guess it was a couple months ago, and you were talking about how you know, you weren't touching your guitar and how you just had no interest in playing it, it kind of it broke my heart a little. And I'm glad to hear that, that the passion's coming back. It's coming back slowly, but it's really good. Um, I think the best part of it for me was um, as soon as I started going to the Bush Inn, <laughs> I'm going to laugh every time I say it. Um, <laughs> as soon as I started going, they were telling me, oh, you have to hear this guy. This guy's great. And um, I'm not going to name him, partly because I don't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, everybody, I think four or five different people mentioned this guy to me. So then when I went there and played earlier this week, he was there. And uh, he hadn't played yet, and um, I played before him. And then at this point, I didn't know who he was. Um, then he went up to play, and uh, they, they said his name, and I was like, oh, that's the guy everybody's spoken about. And he played some originals, and uh, it was only him and I out of about six or seven guys that played originals. Um, and uh, he played, and I thought he was fantastic. And then later, he, met, he found me at the bar and told me how much he enjoyed my original stuff. 
Oh, nice. So that made me feel really cool because he's the guy that everybody around here respects. So for him to be like, hey, I really liked your stuff. You know, we should play together sometime. That was that was almost enough for me. I was like, right on. That's cool. I'm back, baby. Yeah. Now what you need to do is once you finally get around to getting a computer, uh, since there's Wi-Fi there, you need to just uh, throw one up on live stream so those of us who aren't in Wales can watch your open mic sometime. Yeah, that'd be a cool idea. I've always figured that nobody would be interested enough. But uh, if you would watch JJ, I would do it. I'd watch, Well, for one thing, it'd, it, for nighttime for you, it'd be afternoon for me. So it'd be no, I'd love to. JJ woke up from nap, wants to watch live music. <laughs> I'd watch JJ. just to support you, man. There you go. Oh, you're a good guy. You're trying to earn brownie points for making that comment about skipping my music, right, Sharpo? A little bit, yeah. You can have yeah, one that's... of my points, Sharpo. Don't give your points away, JJ. Minus one. Oh, that puts me at zero. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> now you're both back at zero, okay? Oh, we're equal. <laughs> All right. Hey, can we talk toys for a second? Of course we can talk toys. Uh, now, JJ, are you? Uh, do you still purchase and collect any toys of any kind? Or I, um, I have slowed, but I do still have some. Yes. Yeah. So, what's your? Everybody goes into a toy store and they immediately run to a certain section. I don't think we have to say what mine is, even though I will. Of course, it's the wrestling figure section. Um, <laughs> but what's your? What's your crutch, JJ? Right now, uh, the the line that I am absolutely in love with now is the one that actually Sharpo and I just talked about on uh, a mint in box recently. Uh, it's the Marvel Universe figures, right? Uh, they're like f- like four and a half inch figures that are just absolutely beautifully sculpted, and I am a comic book guy. Exactly, and so they're they're absolutely fucking. I, they, I, we talked about Sharpona talked about a, a Thor, uh, and and so I'm, I particularly like that one. But there's a couple more out there that I want. There's a there's like a Doctor Strange out there that's really nice, and I could go on. But basically, I could if I if I didn't feel uh, like uh, see, the, I was just talking actually to my girlfriend about this. Is that the the bug for collecting and the bug for hoarding? I think are very close to one another. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, <laughs> believe me. And I cleared out an entire shelf of Transformers just because I didn't have the room. Exactly, but the thing is, that I think that it's important for uh, for us as collectors to every once in a while go, okay, I'll stop. I'll, I'll, I'll miss this line or get rid of stuff. Cause I've get, gotten rid of a bunch of stuff too. And yeah, uh, that was like me. I, I, when I was younger, I was collecting anything, you know, I started with the Hasbro wrestling figures in the nineties, but then, you know, I had a few star Trek ones. I had a few star Trek, the next generation. Then I had just random transformers. And then at one point I had a couple bugs, bunny figures like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it just turns into clutter and you don't buy it because you necessarily need it or really even want it. You just kind of buy it. It's cool. Yeah. Um, so now that I got to run across the ocean, I essentially I only brought wrestling figures. Everything else got left behind. So now I've narrowed my collection down. Yeah. But I had so much shit on my shelves. Yeah, that's kind of how I've been for the past couple months. Because pr- predominantly, I collect Transformers figures. Mm-hmm. And between now and when the new line for the Prime TV show starts, there is nothing I want. So I've been picking up random crap and Marvel Universe Thor was one of those yeah. so it's something you didn't really necessarily have to have or dream about it was just something you kind of picked up yeah and I picked up a little Dragon Ball Z Super Saiyan Goku from Home Bargains because it was two, two quid it's pretty <laughs> nice. cool nice, I, nice. Bought, I bought a Supreme Dalek the newer designed ones because I like the aesthetic of it. 
And I, I know you're a TARDIS. <laughs> yeah. I bought a load of the collectible Lego minifigures as well, and they're pretty fun. They're on my desk right now with Thor. Uh, the mini, so, mini what, what theme are the minifigures? All sorts of themes. They come blind-packed. Okay. So, you, so, for example, I have a little hockey player, <laughs> a little, little dude in a radiation suit, and a little man dressed as a dinosaur. Nice. Strangely That's enough, awesome. those all remind me of Matt Lee's. <laughs> I don't understand why, but thank you, dude. Well, because one of them, they, they, there's obviously a Canadian one, uh-huh. uh, and you're obviously radioactive, <laughs> and you've got T-Rex arms. I don't know. I was just stretching. No, it was, it was hurtful. You could have done the radiation suit with my obsession with the Back to the Future movies. Dude, you know, and we just watched Back to the Future yesterday. Yeah, God damn it. Awesome. What, do you, what do you mean? You guys, you guys watched it together? Yeah. How did you yeah, do that? Me, JJ, and Aaron through Skype, we all watched um, Back to the Future, and we had a right laugh doing it. Yeah. It was pretty fun. But but who like how did you stream the movie? Uh, well, okay, our friend Aaron uh, Aaron Poole, whose website of Doom used to be on Cabin Fever, uh, put out on Twitter that he wanted to watch a movie via Skype. And uh, so Sharpo had time, I had time, and uh, there was another girl who I can't remember her name. Uh, no, who also had time. I, I know, I, I met her at Dragon Con, but I, her name is escaping me, but the odds of her listening to this and being offended are slim to none. Uh, all I can remember is her dogs yapping. Yeah. And so we all, uh, well, uh, Sharpo had it on DVD, I believe. Yeah, um, watched it on DVD. Yeah, uh, Aaron already had it on DVD. I streamed it from the PlayStation Network, and we just all sort of started at the same time and just sort of shot the shit over the film. It was like watching a movie with friends via Skype. Dude, I want to do that. Well, you weren't on Twitter. <laughs> I want to watch a movie with you guys online. Yeah, no problem. I, you know, it, it worked out really nicely. Next time we Dude, do I it, got... I'll shoot a message over to you, mate. All <laughs> right, cool. Because I got nothing but time, so let's it's, rock and roll. Well, instead of being all judgmental about Twitter, which I've heard you do before, uh, talking to a certain uh, uh, angry dwarf, realize that it's actually a fairly decent form of communication. I've never said anything mean about Twitter to a dwarf. Okay, I, I guess I'm. I guess I'm remembering incorrectly. You are indeed, fair, sir. To be fair, JJ, I heard about it on Facebook because Aaron's tweets end up I'm on, on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. No, you're That's right. I've said I some mean. I have said some things like "fuck Twitter," "fuck yeah. it up," "it's stupid ass." Yeah, but Twitter is actually how news got out about the uh, Iranian uh, Iranian revolution. It's how uh, how most of Americans found out about uh, the Occupy movement because the news was ignoring it. Um, yeah. yeah. So, Did you have you guys seen that video on YouTube, the one Marine versus thirty cops? I haven't heard. Uh, I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. Uh, it's you oh, know it's good. it's all right. I mean, he kind of winds up on his high horse a little bit and starts to repeat himself. But at the beginning, you almost want to hear the music underneath them, you know, the proud American music. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because <laughs> essentially, he's a Marine, and uh, his dad was a Marine, his mom's a Marine, you know, whatever it is, right? His whole family is in the service. Right. And he's basically just saying, like, why are you hurting these innocent people? He's like, I fought for this country so that people could be free to express their opinions, and you're hurting unarmed people. Are you proud of yourself? And all these cops are just standing in a line staring at him. And he's like, this is an honor. This isn't – you should not be proud of yourself. It's not strong to attack innocent people. Why are you hurting these people? And nobody will answer him. They're just essentially saying, move along, sir. Move along, sir. Um, I think the video was about three minutes too long. 
But um, <laughs> at the beginning, he had me. You know, it was a little bit like, yeah, why are you hurting these innocent people? And let me just be the first to say, I have no idea what any of this Occupy stuff is about. I think they all need to get a fucking job. But for a few minutes, <laughs> that, I was like, right on. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. Uh, footnote, <laughs> footnote, C point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think people just protest for anything these days, don't they? Uh, well, this one's, in my opinion, this one's a little bit more important. But if you want to hear uh, a, a very intelligent person break some of this down, uh, you can listen to actually my show this week. Uh, uh, John almost <laughs> said Legend of My Spare Time, but uh, you can listen. No, I'm not dissing Matt. What I'm saying is that I had my friend who's a mathematician on uh, who's been very active in the movement here, uh, Tom. And uh, and so he sort of breaks down like the, the economics of it. And uh, we end up talking about like, you know, the, the concept of what money is and stuff. And so it's, it's yeah. So if you want to hear, you know, like uh, an, uh, a, a very educated intellectual talk about why this is happening. That's fair. You know, the problem with these protests is for every punk rock mathematician, there's a Matt Lees. Yeah. <laughs> so these things just get out of hand and then you get, you know, maybe maybe half of these people are actually genuinely protesting something that they're against and the other half are just like, dude, there's a protest in Times Square. We totally have to go. No, you're very right about that. But, you know, as we talked about, again, you know, I hate to repeat things that we talked about already on my show, but it, assuming that not everybody's going to hear them, uh, there was this one very compelling epi- uh, video that came out last Saturday of this woman who was arrested trying to walk into her bank because there was a protest going on in her bank. And uh, she walks up and they, you're know, like, you were in there with the rest of them. She's like, I, I, I'm a customer here. And she pulls out her like bank statement and they like like force her into the bank and then they arrested her. It's, it's very, it's odd, crazy shit, you know? Yeah. That's, that's uh it's, it's scary. It's a scary world. That's for sure. Yeah. I, um, I only learned of the Occupy movement through, uh, meme base. Okay. Because I check out the, I can has cheeseburger network a fair bit. And I saw a lot of like superhero ones. So right. You got like, you got like Batman, yeah. Holding up something like I spend billions on gadgets and whatnot. I am the one percent, and I support the ninety nine. Mm. Yeah, I, I saw him. I saw like him in front of a sign that said "Occupy Gotham," and he was holding up a sign that said "Tax Me yeah. More." Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I was just making a slight joke of I think they all need to get fucking jobs. Well, yes. <laughs> I don't know where we were going with that actually. Well, yeah, but we can't get jobs, man. We want jobs. They we want jobs. jobs. What accent was that, sir? That was South Park. Oh, okay. See, jobs. I don't watch. See, I don't watch South Park. Yeah. Now, granted, it was South Park via. Uh, where do you live, uh, man? I live in the Midlands of England. There you go. So it was it was uh, South Park via the Midlands of England. Fair enough. Yeah, not London, which I always assume Sharper lives in London. First he was American, then he lived in London. Now he's neither of those Maybe things. Maybe it's because I'm a Londoner. <laughs> yeah, he uh, yeah he just he hangs out in London with Ollie all the time. Yeah, yeah we exactly. Hang out with Stephen Fry a whole bunch. Oh yeah, yeah, because you guys are all together, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, Stephen Fry. Yeah, if you're listening, you should come on the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, Stephen Fry. Definitely. In I'm fact, sure Alan Rickman played pool. 
Yeah. Nice. I'm sure that Stephen Fry and I would have a whole lot to talk about because I'm sure we're on real equal ground. Yeah. <laughs> of course, in my case, it would be Stephen Fry. You're awesome. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, me, me as well because he wouldn't want to talk <laughs> to me all about I had. it. <laughs> hey, Stephen Fry, can we talk about wrestling figures? Get away from me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Stephen Fry, do you watch wrestling? Why do you keep saying my full name? Because you're Stephen Fry. Yeah. It'd be like having. Like how I say Matt Lees. <laughs> Everybody does, refer- buddy. I refer to you as Matt Lees. Yeah, everybody does. Uh, everyone in Iowa actually spells my name as eight letters, not as two words. Yeah. Well, there so, is a, a mispronunciation. I think they finally fixed it, but uh, uh, there was a certain someone there who used to mispronounce your last name, and it used to always make me chuckle. Oh, was that uh, Zach, the angry midget? <laughs> yes. You would say your last name was Lease. I know, and then I was like, dude, it rhymes with cheese. Yeah. And I'm it's not leasing a house. I know. I looked at it. I was like, when he, when I first actually started talking to you, I looked at your last name and I was like, okay, there's no A in there. So it's no, obviously it's just, Lee's, not Lee's. Yeah. There's no A and there's no E on the end. Yeah. Can so, I rent you, Matt? Yes. <laughs> JJ, yes, you can. Sweet. I've got a Matt lease. <laughs> you got a Matt lease anytime you want it, dude. <laughs> that being said, when are you and Miss Elizabeth going to come to the UK and visit me in Sharpo? Because, you know, we're like two blocks away from each other. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> as soon as uh, as soon as soon I get a passport, uh, uh, she has one I don't. Nice. Well, let me say this now so we get it out there in the ether. I'm currently on the housing list to get my own place. And as soon as I do, I will. it'll only be a one-bedroom place. But you and Miss Elizabeth can have my room. I will sleep on the couch and you guys can come visit you're a man among men. Well, I'm not really a man. I'm just a dude. But, you know, you guys are more than welcome anytime. Sharpo, you. you too, I guess. As long as you quit skipping the intro of misinformation. <laughs> Hostile you. We'll just sing it for him right here and make him listen to it. Yeah, exactly. You can't skip this one, motherfucker. Yeah. I told you, Sharpo, once you're bothering me. <laughs> um, there you go. That was nice. I liked it. You're welcome. I liked, I liked I it a lot. Have... Yes. I don't have a kind of plan to meet up with our good friend Ian Cook in London at some point while he's over here. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to crash that. <laughs> Cause because me and I... Ian kind of struck up a friendship that we didn't really have before. I mean, we talked a lot and we always got on. But it's not until <laughs> I introduced something to him that we kind of galvanized that, and now we talk a fair bit. I know what you're talking day. about, but my God, if that doesn't sound like gay sex. <laughs> it is, it hey. is a mad, it is a bad romance. Yeah, I mean, oh, just all romance. the pauses and shit you were putting in there, it's like once I introduced my cock to him. <laughs> hey, you know what? In the editing process, it will become that. <laughs> well, here, let me get this nice clean for you. My cock. There you go. Thank you very much. Hey, uh, write down write down the minutes and seconds that we're at right now. Make it a little easier on me. Fifty-two but, uh, thirty-one. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you should bring up gay sex, JJ. Uh-oh. I um I don't really know how to how to bring this out without uh, outing the guy. So let's just say I've become acquainted with a gay man here in Wales. And no, I don't mean I don't mean as in we rocked it. I just mean that he's a, he's an acquaintance. Okay, everybody, get over. I'm the acquaintance. Okay. Um, now let me be the first to say I don't care if you're gay or straight. I don't care what team you play for. Doesn't bother me at all. If you want to be his baby, it doesn't matter if you're black or white. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh, nice! You guys both did it. Um, 
I don't want to get sidetracked because I'm the king of sidetracks, but I have a great, uh, a greatly disturbing Michael Jackson comment in a minute. You're the king uh, of sidetracks, anyway. like he's the king of pop. <laughs> anyway, what were you saying? Uh, it's just really brief, but I saw a picture on Twitter of him on the coroner slab. Have you guys been referred to that picture? No. No. I opened it by accident because I am not the kind of guy to look at those kinds of pictures ever. Um, but I clicked on the link and looked at the picture and I was disturbed and it made my tummy feel funny. Hmm. So if you guys Trust get me, sent you a link. cannot be as disturbed as we were last night post Back to the Future. <laughs> Again, this sounds gay. Sharpo, <laughs> yeah, what is not. with you, man? Uh, let, let's, Sorry, let's... I'm a gay man trapped in a straight man's body. <laughs> Apparently. We were looking at Rule 34 <laughs> I photos. I want to break free. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me right now you're wearing a pink dress and cleaning the house. <laughs> I was cleaning the house earlier. If you saw on Facebook, I cleaned the shit out of that bathroom. Um, it's all sparkly now. Hey, pun intended or literally? pun not intended but now that you mention it yeah i should have rethought that <laughs> thank you thank you very much so anyway listen i uh have made a friend struck up a friendship with a gay man fuck it i work with him okay okay we were discussing the differences in a straight sexual life and a gay sexual life okay okay now mm-hmm. this gentleman is younger than 25 so, I, you know, we finally became comfortable enough that I could just ask him questions because everybody wants to have a gay friend where you can just be like, dude, what's this like? Or, you know, whatever. I asked him some questions, one of them being, how many guys have you been with? So he's 20. He's younger than 25. I want each of you to predict how what you think his answer was. Um, well, is he is he pretty? <laughs> I I can't answer that without sounding like I, you know, Matt, come on. Well, has he all? Has he always been gay? Not in the sense that I was born that way, but in the sense that he came out at some point and then from then on he pursued gay relationships. I was born this way. I was born this uh He uh, came out at 16. Okay, okay. So he was pretty confident about it. Because, uh, I, yeah, I mean, you're talking to somebody who, who grew up in the theater. I mean, I know, you know, you're saying everybody wants a gay friend. I'm like, Jesus, you mean people don't? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so let's say he's a he's an average 25-year-old man. What would your prediction be for how many men he's been with? Oh, i I put it probably, uh, let's see, he's 25. Let's say 25. Let's go for a man a year. Okay. Now, by this, I mean full-on, like, insertion being with right i mean yeah okay 25 or six five or six okay so um on my life this is his answer you ready Mm -hmm. 70 yeah see that's high that's that's too high that's he's a whore right yeah yeah he's a whore yeah 25 would have made him a 25 would have made him a slut but most gay men i know are sluts um, Seventy, like this is a guy. You who, know, a slut. Come on. This is a guy who had a lunch date at work on a Wednesday, a date that night, a lunch date on Thursday, and a different date the next night. Yeah, oh no, he's Jesus. he's a whore. He's a whore. Yeah, you heard that. You're a man whore. I'm not going to name you, but you're a man whore. And uh, when, then he said, you know, that's just dudes that I fully hooked up with. I was like, so really, there's more guys you just fooled around with. And he's like, oh, that would take it to well over a hundred. Yeah. Fuck. Are you sure he's not a prostitute? I don't know. That's why I'm, I'm I'm confused. I mean, I played in a fucking blues band. Numbers nowhere near that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, but 
Matt, I've also internationally successful podcast, and I'm nowhere near that number. But I've heard you. I heard when I heard when uh, the guys in Iowa were trying to get you laid, and you're like, "Oh, I can't do that. I can't do that." No, you've got that slight moral compass. Um, and, uh, that, you know, think about it. One thing that, you know, you've got that, you know, you realize that gay guys are just guys, you know, think yeah. about it. If, you know, as yourself, if you had the chance to fulfill your libido as often as you wanted to without the necessity of, you know, all of the clingy shit. Yeah. I mean, there's I a reason to see the point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, men are men. And so, you know, you get it, it like three times three or four times a day from different dudes if you cut them. Exactly. It's basically like <laughs> masturbating only with having somebody else there. I mean, you know, it's, you've got you've got both both uh, members of the relationship with the same libido and everybody with the same get the fuck out. <laughs> Amazing. That's true. Also, JJ, if you could pull that clip of uh, Sharpor there saying you could get it from as many different guys as you want, that'd be great too. You got it. That's at <laughs> around 57. So 51 and 57. <laughs> nice. We need to keep that for next time he confesses that he's skipping my song. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so that was just – go I'm ahead. I'm whipping boy in this, aren't I? I'm well, the why John do you think... Richardson to your Russell Howard. <laughs> why, why do you think we brought you on here, Sharpo? <laughs> Have you ever listened to the Legend of My Spare Time podcast? Be honest. Say yes. <laughs> no, it's cool. Cause, no, because Sharpo once said, "Listened, not really my cup of tea." Oh, well, is that true or, or not, Sharpo? That is what you said. It's hurtful. That is true. I can't remember what episode it is, but but it was a little disjointed to me because it seemed to skip around a bit for some reason. Well, yeah. That- that's how my brain works. And also, to be fair to Matt, no, it, I'm a, it, it I'm kind a big of fan of tangents. I, that's why I love Russell Howard as a stand-up. Oh, Sharpo, but, you just you managed to take a, a compusult and more, and add salt. <laughs> you just dug your own hole. And I was about to say the thing about Matt though is because he's had to go through a uh, a, a series of co-hosts, his show changes tones every once in a while. Yeah, I think that's why I maybe joined in on one of the shit co-hosts. <laughs> wow! Just keep digging, just keep digging, Sharpo. Well, no, well, dude. Not, we'll say it was. Like we'll say it was Van Douche. Guys, think of me. We'll just go ahead and say it was Van Douche. You're fine. Sharpo can get out of it. Yeah, yeah. It was Dick Van Douche. If you're listening, Dick Van Douche, I still think you're a douche, and fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I actually got a few emails from listeners when I outed him on one of the shows for being a backstabbing dirtbag. Yes. Uh, and some of the emails said, not only did I delete, I, not only am I ashamed of him, I deleted him from Facebook. Nice. So, I mean, I was glad to have that reassurance that it's not just me. I never friended him on Facebook and I won't now. You're a good man, JJ Hawkins. What happened as a man who doesn't know anything about this? He was a douche and I don't think we need oh. to take up more time on your podcast to tell the story of why he's a dick again. No, let's just yeah, say Sharpo, let's just say Sharpo that, uh, he almost got me fired. Oh man! Um, by telling my boss a lie, so not even by ratting me out, but by being dishonest to to our boss. Oh, definitely, fuck that guy. Yeah, we're yeah, most exactly. Dick we're, Van Douche. Yeah, where most men would have a spine, he has nothing but a series of limp cocks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> let's leave it at that. If you're if you if you're really that interested, I'm gonna let Shuffle keep laughing. It's amazing. Um, if you're really that interested in hearing it, you can go back to the Legend of My Spare Time Emergency Broadcast episodes, and uh, in one of those, I out him in the fullest. So yeah, you know, there you go. 
That was a long that. series of chuckles from Sharpo. I, I... I'm sorry, that tickled me just the right way. That <laughs> Apparently. Oh, hey, wait, what minute was that? That's 101. <laughs> one hour, one minute. 50, 51, 57, 57 101. 101. <laughs> oh, Sharpo, you, you poor bastard. <laughs> uh, that tickled me, I must say. That tickled me. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, you bastard, Matt Lees. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it when people say that. There's been many quotes in English accents. You know, Ollie's saying Matt Lee's is the most crooked man in podcasting. Yes. Uh, you know, because I used to screw him around on, oh, wait, I'm going to make my own clip now. I, did, I, never screwed, I never screwed Ollie. He screwed me. What? Oh. Oh. Oh, snap. It's getting uncomfortable, and I'm making fun of myself now. <laughs> so let's finish on a nerd point. Have you guys seen uh, the Avengers trailer? Oh hell, oh, yeah. hell yes. And are you ex- as excited as I am? I, uh, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I've already outed myself as being, you know, who I am, but I will, I, I, I wept. Mm-hmm. I watched that I, thing at least 13 times the first time it came up. Oh, I remember that on your Facebook. You said like, okay, the rest is dedicated to watching this thing on loop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was, it was really, really amazing. And the cynic in me, is fighting the nerd in me because it can't be that good, can it? Uh, I, you know, I have high hopes for the fact that you know uh, the film looked good. I mean, I just uh, the film stock in it because uh, the thing is, okay, you're taking very uh, specific directors. John Favreau has a very clear style. Uh, Kenneth Branagh went for a very specific style with Thor. But the thing about Avengers is there's it is. I don't want to say it's generic, but it is. They somehow found a way that the films look right. So when seeing all the characters together, you're not like, oh, wow, they don't look quite the same as they did in their own movie. And so, you know, visually it works for me. Uh, You've got, uh, you know, you realize that in the first Iron Man movie, most of what came out of Robert Downey Jr.'s mouth was ad libs. But now you've got Robert Downey Jr. talking in Joss Whedon's script. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I have high hopes. I have very high hopes. I do, too. Uh, the section, I know it's only a few seconds, but the section in the trailer where they zoom in on the Captain America costume. Yeah. And it's in the case. Yeah. I'm like, fuck yes. Yep. The Avengers. And then, of course, he finishes with, we may not be able to, uh, we may not be able to save the Earth, but we'll damn well avenge it. Yeah. Yeah. And I almost want to stand up in front of my computer and be like, you're damn right you'll avenge it. Oh, Yeah. See, RDJ gets all the best lines in that trailer. He really does. Yeah, the thing about the the thing that is going to be the challenge about the Avengers is that the you know the, if I were Chris Evans, I would be shitting myself because Robert Downey Jr. is so charismatic as Iron Man. But the only yeah. way the Avengers is really going to work is if we believe that they would all follow Chris Evans into hell and back. Oh, right. they already have. Have you heard the story about on set that Chris Evans's rally cry to go to the bar and drink was Avengers Assemble? Okay. And they all just filed in behind him. Okay, I do like that. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Um, they talked on Misinformation Podcast this week about one of the clips shown at Comic-Con. I don't know if either of you guys caught it before it got pulled. Um, it's essentially Loki in a cage and Robert Downey Jr. Uh-huh. making himself a coffee or pouring yeah. himself a drink. I and look. Loki says something along the lines of, I've got an army. And uh, Robert Downey Jr. was like, Hulk. yeah, 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 well, we've got a Hulk. Yeah. 
I'm very excited about the film, but the only character I don't like is the Hulk. I could give a fuck about that character. Uh, I, I, I like the Hulk. I grew up uh, watching the Hulk on TV. Well, yeah, I mean, we all love Lou Ferrigno. And, of course, I am the one I've told before that I went to a Comic-Con uh, where Lou Ferrigno was there and he had a really long lineup. So instead of lining up, I just stood near him and went, Hey, Lou! And when he looked over, I was like, What's up? And he waved at me. That's a cool moment for me. <laughs> oh, nice. Especially since he's hard of hearing. I'm glad he heard you. Well, I, I yelled it really loud. Because <laughs> it, was, it was one of those moments like, holy shit, it's Lou Ferrigno. So I was like, hey, Lou, what's up? See, I, on the other hand, uh, went to a con where Lou Ferrigno was there. He had no line, and I got his autograph, and it was great. Mm, nice. This was the same con where I met Chekhov just walking by me. Oh, fantastic. And he was Which tiny Chekhov? and frail, the original. Yeah, Walter Koenig <sighs> is, is a very small man. Yeah, and it was literally like he walked by me, and I was just like, holy shit. And he kind of gave me this. Wessels. Yeah, please say Wessels. Um, he he did kind of look at me in this way of like, oh, please leave me alone. I'm just trying to go to the bathroom or something. <laughs> so I literally just, you know, I shook his hand and I said, I really love your work. Thank you. And that was it. Yeah. But it was cool because I didn't have to line up for him and I got to shake his hand. My girlfriend nice. saw Patrick Stewart coming out of a bathroom once. <laughs> that's amazing. See, that's what's cool. It's not cool. It's not as cool if you stand in line and meet him. If you're just like, dude, I totally just walked by Chekhov. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, I love every iteration of Star Trek. To be honest with you, I watched the new J.J. Abrams Star Trek again the other night with my father, and it totally holds up still. Oh yeah, even even once uh, you find out that uh, Spock's gay. Yeah, exactly. It's still cool, even though you know he's probably been with seventy men. You know the fanfic writers have got into overdrive since Zachary Quinto came out. Oh yeah, well I mean I you know good for him for having the, the you know for having the career where he can come out and not feel the ramification of it. But uh, uh, yeah, he just he handed that to the to the fanfic writers. Oh, now, not only yeah. that, but that famous GIF we have on the fretboards. Yes. Of him getting covered in that white substance. Yes. It's but it's, a good, it's a good gift. He looks so serious, and he's just getting covered in milk. It's Zachary Quinto <laughs> getting covered in milk. Yeah, so it, it uh, yeah. But the, it, but well, you know, I've also heard you know rumors here and there that people think that Christopher Pine might be homosexual as well. So if Christopher Pine ever comes out, then you're just you're just going ahead and handing it over to the slash fic people, and that would be great. Yeah, he's not allowed to. They probably went to him and said, dude, it doesn't matter, but you can't come out now. Spock already did it. Yeah. <laughs> Spock beat you to it. Now you have to hide it for the rest of your yeah. life because we can't hand them this. Oh, come on. Look at those pecs. Those are gay pecs. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, <laughs> that being said, Spock has always been gay, right? Right. I mean, the character of Spock is gay, right? Sure he is. That's why in J.J. Uh, Abrams' movie, he's boning Ahura. Yeah, he only kisses her a couple times, and he looks really uncomfortable, so who knows? Maybe yeah. she just wants it, but he's always like, no, Neota, we can't be in love. I'm so deep in thought because I'm Vulcan, in which really what he meant was, I love dick. Because <laughs> you don't have a horn dog like uh, William Shatner or Jonathan Frakes in the new series. <laughs> no, exactly, because if she's making out, well, it's obvious, if she was hitting on Kirk, she would have gotten laid. Yeah, but even he, I will say that Christopher Pine as Shatner doesn't have as much just like raw bonerism as uh, as as William Shatner. Dude, did you just call it raw bonerism? I totally did. <laughs> that that might be my favorite JJism ever. <laughs> I'm gonna find a way to use that at work tomorrow. Go for it. It's all yours. <laughs> you might want to re rephrase JJism because it's just JJism. Oh, uh, boosh. <laughs> 
Well, I think I had another point, but it's gone now. So maybe that's that's a good time to end the show. Yes. And uh, just have any closing thoughts? Let's go with you first, JJ. Uh, I would just like to say uh, thanks for joining us, Sharpo. It's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. I know I haven't been the most gracious guest by being quiet for most of it, but just hearing you two is so entertaining. It's hard not to just sit back and listen. Hey, it's the first time for everything, JJ. We entertain somebody. All right. All right. We're moving up in the world, baby. Um, yeah, uh, that's it, I guess, huh? Uh, let's do it. Let's kill it. Hey, what we should, hey, wait. I know he doesn't wait, know it, it, but you should give it to him. Yeah, it's true. I should. Uh, the first thing you have to do, Sharp, because it's your first time on here, you need to tell the most offensive joke you can think of. Oh, that's going to be a hard one. That's what she said. Oof. Uh, because I know so many because of the area I come from, but I don't like... Well, just give us one know. that you like, one that actually yeah. makes you laugh. And rest in okay. the fact that the majority of my listeners probably don't aren't, aren't mutual friends of yours, so you don't have to worry about it. Okay, I've got one. What's brown and rhymes with Dr. Dre? I don't know. Snoop. <laughs> It's not offensive. I mean, it offended me by not being that funny, but it's not offensive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, Sherpo, if I say to you, give us the retard scream, are you going to have any idea what I mean? No. Well, look at that, eh? Okay, well, Sharpo, what I, what you need to now say, repeat after me. Well, don't, don't repeat immediately after me, but repeat after me. Say, okay. AK, give us the retard scream. Okay. AK, give us the retard screen. Edging in my spare time, motherfucker.